Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Welcome to Sports Day SA. It's Wednesday. What a great day to, to be on radio with Brett Maher. Paul Bonser here. My good friend Brett Maher is with me. 36ers legend and all-round good guy. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. What uh, what a day to come in. Hump day. The weather's uh, been fantastic today and uh, lots of sport on the agenda. Yeah, there is plenty to go through and you can be part of the show too. Uh, the week's open line is one 736 736. You can text in 0427 154 166. Discover exceptional customer service with Weeks Homes. Discover different. And um, Sapper, oh, Sapper. <laughs> Brett, uh, Sapper will be on with us later. Rupert yes. Sapwell is joining us later in the show. Um, slip of the tongue there. So I'll let the cat out the bag, <laughs> so to speak. And uh, yeah, so he'll be on later in the show after. Uh, after 6.30, we'll speak to Sapper all about the 36ers and how they're going and whether they need new import or not and how they're going to beat the Wildcats tomorrow night. Yeah, interested to get his opinion on some of that stuff. He's a deep thinker uh, and uh, yeah, always well-read and very knowledgeable on the subject, so it'll be good. Mm. All right, let's get into our hot topics. There's not just a hot topic tonight. We've got lots of them. Thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. And thirsty at Char Time, explore our ready-made Signature range of drinks inspired by Chartime fan faves. Firstly, let's talk about the cricket last night. Australia beat England comprehensively, only by a couple of hundred runs. Uh, Australia <laughs> batted first, five for 355. England bowled out for 142. Travis Head, 152 off 130 balls. Dave Warner, 106 off 102. Bit slow, Warner. Um, oh, wow. 269 opening partnership, a record nice. for the MCG. Um, it's fair to say England have checked out about three games ago, didn't they? Oh, well, coming off the World Cup, you'd be a bit deflated coming into this series. But uh, a lot of people are saying it's a second-rate bowling attack that uh, a lot of comments I was reading on social media, my 10-year-old kid could make 100 against this bowling attack. And they, uh, not only their bowling attack, but... They dropped so many chances early. They could have got rid of head multiple times early in the innings and missed a lot of those opportunities. And then once someone gets going, they get going. And, and head, it was really good to watch him unload and uh, and Warner as well. And then the rest of the guys just had to pinch hit for the rest of the innings. So it was good. Yeah, Jason Roy top scored for the Poms with 33. Adam Zampa, four for 31. He's going well, isn't he? He's going very well. And... He's going that well that people <laughs> I know where you're going. Here. People were starting to talk about him with creams on rather than mm. colours. Well, he's he's bowling very well. I love him. He's got that 
young exuberance. And the the thing that came out of that game for me uh, was that he was able to smile and the whole team had a big laugh at that DRS decision. Well, I, how, I had that, that written down as well. And this is why uh, I don't trust DRS. The, they had that going at a near right angle. <laughs> Like the team just looked and burst out laughing, but that was ridiculous. Like, yeah, come on, it's it's um and and this I guess this is why they use umpires call mm. because the technology is not accurate. Yeah, it doesn't matter how how many times the people that are doing it say it's ninety nine point nine percent accurate. Well. That there was the point oh one percent that just came out there. So I noticed that he went then up to, uh, I don't know if it was Rifle at that end of the stage. We went up and go, are you, you going to stay with this decision? And he still questioned <laughs> it even after that. And could he, could he reverse that even after the DRS says? No, no? it's not, no, it's it's not, not up to the un, on-field umpire to do that. It's yeah. then up to the third umpire to make yeah, that wow. decision. But, it, but they've got to go with what DRS says. So yeah. if DRS says it was turning like a warning leg break <laughs> and not a Zampa leg break. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what it is, but it clearly it clearly was not going to miss the stumps. No, no, not at all. No, he was unlucky there. But yeah, he is bowling very well. Got another four for, um, and yeah, I think six hundred. Well, I I can't see why he's not very much considered for wearing the crane. Yeah, his re- his red ball stats aren't fantastic. Given that he hasn't played a lot of shield cricket, it's all confidence though, isn't it? And Absolutely. he would be coming off with heaps of confidence. It'd be interesting to see come the Sydney Test match if they're going to play two spinners, whether mm. they go with Swepson or if Zampa keeps keeps doing what he's doing up until you have that to reward time. Him. For me, you have to reward him. Like Very reward the guy in that's in favour that's that's playing well. Um, the crowds is a ma- other massive topic. Bonds that it is uh, like we had bad crowds here, which is very unusual. You look at Melbourne, um, no good. They're saying ten thousand. Around ten thousand for this game. There was no way there was ten thousand. If you maybe included big, the seagulls, it's a big arena. There might oh. have been there might have been a couple of thousand in the corporate area, but it's terrible crowds, and that just has to has to be screaming at not cricket Australia or cricket Australia, but all the governing bodies. You got to have a look at this. Maybe they counted the people and the cars that they came <laughs> in. <laughs> but I what, mean, if it was Tasmania, you'd maybe say yeah, there was ten thousand yeah. heads, but. There, there was not, there was not ten thousand people there. Forty-two thousand uh, across the three games. It is a concern mm. for cricket Australia that, uh, yeah, these games just—it's against England too. Yeah, it's not like it's against Zimbabwe or you know. There, there's a lot of English people that live in the, the country. I was just about to say, normally, like a couple of years ago, packed. You'd have packed Adelaide Oval. You'd have packed SCG. Packed. MCG uh, to watch these and then now to get 10,000. Yeah, there's a lot of other things. There's COVID, there's weather, there's a heap of contributing factors. But even still, I would have thought a lot of these places would at least get 20,000 to each of those venues. Do you think that because of T20 cricket, people just don't have time for ODIs? Because what we saw from... The batting from Australia, if you were there watching that, you would have been in awe of yeah, what was going it. on. Yeah. So um, is it T20 just taking the crowds? I think it is. I think people are acclimatising. People want things faster, quicker, uh, more excitement, more noise, um, packed into a couple of hours. It's so much easier to get away for a couple of hours than to get the whole day off and go watch something for the whole day. Although a lot of 
blokes who like to go to the house little, for the whole day. Sad, it's a little sad for me <laughs> but yes, that we're a, losing that part of our cricket heritage is that yeah. going to the cricket with your family and mm. spending the whole day there, that we're all that time poor that we can't afford to spend a day enjoying ourselves. We can only afford a couple of hours. I, I think there's definitely still a play. I love one day. Yeah. Because the batsmen have time to settle in a little bit and get going. It's not just smash and crash. Uh, the bowlers, it's a bit more in their advantage as well. So, yeah, I, I love watching the one day. I think there's definitely a place, but they've just got to work the scheduling out. That's that's the big problem at the moment. It's too crowded. Um, yeah, yeah. Space it out a bit more. Back, going back a few years now, but then wasn't the TV coverage there is now as well. Mm. So it's quite easy to sit home and watch it from 14 different angles with commentary. Well, that's it. You watch it on, on TV. You listen to it on SEN. Yes. Um, I mean, there's so many different angles to to get it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, to actually make the day available and go there, um, are you missing that much atmosphere if you're just sitting at home watching it on the big screen? I don't think so. We'll stick on cricket for a second before the World Cup's been spoken about and we'll touch on that as mm. well. But most that's been on the station all day. Um, Justin Langer's come out and <laughs> labelled Pat Cummins and Aaron Finch as cowards uh, for not – that's a term he used, the word he used. But um, let's have a listen to what some of Justin Langer had to say. Why didn't you get to keep oh, your job after getting better? You'd have to ask Cricket Australia that, mate. You'd have to ask. And the other thing is, you know, they used to talk about mutiny on deck. That's a classic. Like someone stole that from probably another podcast I did, one of my speakers. They say in leadership the captain comes out, one, when the iceberg presents, when there's crisis, two, when there's stormy waters, or three, when there's mutiny on deck. What I've learned about mutiny on deck is that it's usually one or two voices and they're the loudest voices and people listen to loud voices. And when I finished with this anchor, I would have got messages that make you cry from 90% of the players. So, I don't know, mate. You'd have to ask someone else. Interesting. He's obviously still quite bitter. You can hear that in his <laughs> you voice. You can. That it, it's, yeah, he feels hard done by here. And he probably was. Everything I've read and seen on this topic um, comes across that he's very intense. And some yes. players just don't like that. It is very confronting to them. But in everything I've heard him say is that he's willing to take things on board. He wants honesty from the players willing to take it on board and make changes. Um, and the big thing that came out of all of his comments for me is that he only presented to the board like three times in four years. Three times. Like, how do you get direction from the board um, if you're not regularly presenting what you're doing, getting feedback from them as to what they want from you? Yeah, here's what he had to say. Yeah. I talked to the Cricket Australia board three times in four years. That's craziness. That's craziness. And... That's the only thing I'd do different, mate, is I'd... Because when you know people haven't got your back, there is no lonelier place in the world. Or whether you're not sure... When you do know people at your back, there's no more powerful place in the world. Yeah, so obviously that that's one of his regrets, is that he did not have more communication with the board. And he came in at a time, remember, when it was a crisis in cricket mm. with what happened in South Africa. Yeah. And he took over and it needed a strong personality to take over at that time. And he spoke very highly of uh, Tim Payne. Tim Payne, didn't he? I was yeah. uh, just He spoke that. very highly of Tim Payne and how honest 
those that relationship was. Mm-hmm. But with Pat Cummins and Aaron Finch, uh, towards the end of his time, they both said, "Yeah, look, uh, we, yeah, we probably should have said something, but didn't." Yeah, yeah, and that's disappointing from their perspective because they've obviously behind closed doors um, been the ones that are talking heavily to get him sacked by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for him, uh, with his mantra of being honest, come and tell him, it sounds like he would be the sort of guy that would make the appropriate changes. And to lose someone of his calibre um, from cricket uh, in Australia, um, like, well, you'd hate to see him go rock up in New Zealand or England or yeah. one of those. And It won't be England. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> we got We've got a caller on the line, Marzi. Uh, one of our regulars, Troy uh, from WA. G'day, Troy. Welcome to Sports ASA. How you going, boys? Going yeah, well, I, my um, friend. Yeah, I listened to that back chat. It's, um, yeah, being a West Australian, you know, it's pretty emotional stuff. And it's all true what Justin said. It has to be because that's just the character of the bloke. Um, all I can say, I want to have a talk about Dave Warner too. All I can say is, thank God you guys in South Australia, when you're facing North, that you're a buffer zone for us from all of those on your right hand side. That's all I can say. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We do our best. Keep that going. And yeah. Hey, Dave Warner, boys, is he in or out? Uh, as what? He's in? I mean, as leadership. Please. Oh, um, I, I, don't, I don't think so. It's a, he should. Well, I've got three, I've got three points. If this mob were on a parole board, Thank God, God help us, because they'd have everybody out on the run. The second thing is um, Dave Warner, he, as far as I'm concerned, he can still contribute. He doesn't have to be in the leadership group. And I reckon the main sticking point, boys, is um, the sandpaper that they got, that he got. I don't reckon he took it back to the shop when he was told to. <laughs> Troy, thanks for your call. Always entertaining. Have a great night, my friend. Uh, Troy from WA there. Um, yeah, I don't know if he got to... Yeah, I think for me, there's got to be at some point an amnesty period I, on yeah. the sand. I, I think it should be captaining now. There, but also, it's hard to say for me to give an honest opinion without seeing him day to day and how he works with the other players um, and the, the messages that he's giving out uh, to see whether he is a really good leader. Yep. Um, like he's a very good player. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and it's and only the people on, on the inside, like the coach, Andrew McDonald, that would know if he's he's the right man to lead the team. Exactly. Stream every NFL game live this season on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. This is Sports ASA with Bonds and Marzi. You're listening to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day. It's Wednesday. Paul Bonzer, Brett Maher with you. Text in on 0427 154 166 if you want to be part of the show. And we'll continue with our hot topics. We'll talk about the World Cup now, Marzi. All thanks to our friends at Repco. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Australia played France, if you didn't hear. (laughs) And Craig Goodwin... Kicked a goal in the ninth minute. Let's have a listen. Harry Sutar at the base of the centre circle. Plays a long diagonal ball out to Lecky on the right flank. And a good touch as well. Pavard hit the ground. The cross comes in. Goodwin! Craig Goodwin has the opener. 
Australia 1-0 up on the French. Australia's moment on centre stage. And the world now knows who the Socceroos are. Jordan Canellas going a little bit over the top there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Uh, Stop the, the game world the knows. Minute mark. The world knows who the Socceroos are now. Um, well done to Craig Goodwood. South Aussie yeah. uh, scoring in the ninth minute. I, I had doubts whether Australia would score th- through the whole tournament. Mm. So within Not nine minutes, minutes they proved me wrong. Uh, yeah, that's a great effort for him. Um, not everyone gets to score in a in a World Cup, so that's a huge tick in in those boxes there. France were um, oh, slow out of the blocks, and and yeah. we've talked about the um, the odds of teams that are trying to go back to back of making it through, and even that first game, a lot of those teams come out a bit sluggish in the first game, but um, after that goal, I think that really shocked them into gear because you saw them. You saw them step up and their class then was on oh, show. It's ridiculous. It's mm. it's like um, it's like an AFL team playing um, a maybe B, a, under a, B, B a B2 <laughs> side. Uh, let's um, uh, – Andy Harper came out and had some strong words. Uh, let's have a listen to what Andy Harper had to say. The team started great with that superb goal, really superb goal. Just as I watched that second half unfolding, mate, I just thought it was a bit too passive. What we hear the team is going to be about when it doesn't actually unfold that way in front of us, it's a little hard to process that. I just thought the second half was really passive compared to what we were sort of led to believe the team would do, take on the world, this and that. Now, Graham Arnold's in a vexed position, of course. He's up against a seriously good football team with unbelievable athletes. His mentality might be, if we open up and we and we really have a go at them, leave too much space in behind, they could hit us for six or seven. But I think there's a sort of a prevailing view, well, we'd rather die on your feet than live on your knees, and the second half just looks a little bit passive to me. I think they do that a lot, the Socceroos, in all honesty. Um, they play very defensive at times. Uh, they get a lead and then just try and defend it rather than get a lead and then try and be even more aggressive and there's go a, up to There's a lot of that in soccer in general, though, isn't it? There is. There is. But I think I, I just notice it with the, the Socceroos a fair bit, uh, the way they play. But, um, yeah, as we've talked about, this France team, uh, we've compared salaries, we've done all that, but the quality um, of that team is very good. And I think we've got a little clip from uh, Coach Arnold just talking about um, how good this fr- French team is. Yeah, look, I think uh, at the end of the day, um, the quality, the quality of the French team, um, they are the, you know, the, the previous world champions for a reason. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought that we started the game very well. Uh, physically, uh, they were just so much bigger and, and faster and stronger than us uh, today. Um, but uh, look, overall, the boys did everything they could and that's all I can ask. All right, so... Now I want to ask you a question, and and it's coming from a slightly biased side here because <laughs> both you and I have been been involved with basketball. The Australian basketball team is ranked four in the world currently. Uh, right? It's around that, four, yeah. yeah, around four in yep. the world. Um, coming off a bronze medal bronze at the Olympic Games. Um, yeah, at the time of the Olympics, there was there was a, a bit of uh, I guess some good media coverage around that, but. Why do this? Why do? Why does Australian soccer get so much media hype for just making this tournament when the Australian basketball 
which should get a lot more, it doesn't compare. I think it's the size of the event as well. Um, the World Cup for soccer is bigger than uh, Olympics and the sports that are in it um, don't compare to soccer on a world scale. Well, I love basketball. It's played everywhere in the world, but it's just nowhere near where soccer is and that's why everyone talks it up. And, and the sport of soccer, you see the numbers increase so much after a World Cup as well. All right. Um just almost time for a break, Marzi. The eight-seat Kia Carnival, a grand uti- utility vehicle, and Black Friday deals are now on at Toolkit Depot. Stock is limited. Get in quick. This is uh, Sports ASA. After the break, we're going to speak with the legend from the 36ers, Rupert Sapwell. This is Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Sports ASA with Bonds and Marzi here on a Wednesday and the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Week's homes. Discover different. Text in 0427 154 166. Coming up very shortly, we'll chat with one of your good mates, uh, Marzi, Rupert Sapwell. Looking forward to it. Sapparelli. (laughs) (laughs) Be listening to that, I'm sure. Um, let's, uh, Let's have a chat about Ben Simmons went home, for want of a better term. Played the uh, 76ers in Philadelphia today, and they got beaten. They did. I saw the press conference, and he actually joked about it. Uh, I think everyone from his side of the fence was telling him what he would be in for and just wear your earmuffs through the game. Uh, What a tough situation to go back. It ended so badly in Philly for him on a number of reasons, going back into that venue, playing against them. It would have been hard. He, He did all right. He had... What, 11, he had 11.7 rebounds, 11 assists. So he Three had blocks as well. Pretty good stat sheet um, there. And what troubles me with them at the moment is that they lost to the 76ers that didn't have Embiid playing. Um, that's a worry they for me. a few out, yeah. And you've got Corey, Corey Irving had uh, 23 on 10 of 18 shooting. Durant was 9 of 14 shooting for 20 points. So Seth Curry had 14 that's worrying for me that all their main guys are scoring well and losing to the 76ers without Embiid. And um, on the other side of that, my worry from an Australian point of view is that Matisse Thibel played three minutes. Uh, he's getting screwed at the moment. And I love him as a player. Like what he showed in the green and gold, um, he's one of my favourite players. And he's just not getting on for whatever reason at the moment, which is a shame. Trade coming up for him maybe? Possibly, possibly. I, but I see him not getting on and, and then I see Jock Landale play against the Lakers today, not getting on and it's, it really pisses me off that these guys, great players not getting on. But then there's Dyson Daniels who's who's just been giving an, given an opportunity. He's playing so well. So if they just give the Australians a chance, then they'll go all right. But going back to Ben Simmons, he's really starting the last four games. He's really starting to get on a bit of a roll and I'm excited for him to see that he is slowly building and getting back to what we all know he can Start, do. Yeah, and starting to get back to what he was before his break. it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick question without notice. If he's available to play for Australia in the next major tournament, do you pick him if he wants to play? I think you've got to. Um, uh, it's a matter of that senior group, really. You've got to, They're all NBA players now pretty yep. much that are going to get picked. 
Um, if they all agree with it and they're all on the same page, he's coming in with the right attitude is the biggest thing, which he wouldn't have been um, for the Olympics. But now he's come out and said he definitely wants to play. His, hopefully his mindset's right. Paddy's with him in Brooklyn as well, which helps. Then I would say, yes, you probably do pick him. Maybe there's a nice relationship building there and he's getting some... Some teachings off Paddy Mills, which would be lovely. Uh, Redbacks had a draw today. They fought back from being five for 40 uh, in the first innings. Uh, fought back well. They were trailed by 100 on the first innings. Bit of rain around helped. I think maybe, 99% but, uh, of people would have written them off. Yeah. So great to see them fight back and hang on for a draw. The women's strikers currently at Karen Rolton Oval. The Heat are taking on the Hurricanes to see who plays the strikers tomorrow night. So mm. that, that final, the challenger it's called, Tomorrow night to see who plays the Sixers uh, on Saturday. So good luck to the Strikers, but we might talk a bit, a bit more about that tomorrow. But uh, before we get to Sapper, the AFL, there's a bit of a murmur coming out this afternoon that they're going to go to four field umpires next season. Why, Brett Ma? <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was going to ask you. Why, why are they doing that? I'd love to know what their incentive for doing that is. Is it... Um, so that they can bring young referees in and blood them during the game and get more good referees up to standard? Or is it? do they want to cover more of the ground better and those angles that we've missed in the past with three now get seen? Um, but for me, uh, I don't know if you know my view on umpires, but I don't rate a lot of umpires. And the more of them you have out there, the more chance even more is going to go wrong. But uh, it is... It makes for another whistle <laughs> and another interpretation. Free kick. Well, it's another interpretation. Yes. And, oh, God. Yeah, I, I it's don't such like a hard, it. It's such a hard game to umpire. Mm. So do they think that they're going to fix problems they've had in the past by bringing in more? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, Marzi. No, no. But it is one more person for us to yell at and scream at. And I think that's great. Uh, as you, I think we're alluding to in the break. This is perfect. That's we right. another you can steal one, my lines, that's <laughs> Yeah, Shouldn't talk to me in the break. And, and Sam's claiming he wanted something that you said to as well. Yeah, I, st I stole a line off of both of you, man. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm not biased. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. As long as, uh, yeah, we'll just talk about it after the show. Well, I think if they can officiate it right... Yeah, uh, um, and pick up on those calls we're missing. I'm all for that, but I just see some problems occurring with overlapping and someone stealing calls from others. I don't know. I, I don't. Where are they getting working. these umpires from as well? Like, are they stealing them from the waffle and from the sandful? And then all of a sudden, that those leagues suffer because their best umpires have been taken up. And great for the umpires to go up and earn some more cash. And it's an area that gets games. overlooked in every sport is development of umpires. No sport spend enough money on developing umpires, Agreed. getting more umpires and making them get to a higher level. I think all sports um, need to put more money into umpires and developing them. And not to mention that AFLW is here as well and all of a sudden they need umpires mm. and there's a, a women's team in the sample, there's a women's team in the waffle. They need umpires as well. So we need more umpires it's a lot extra money coming out of the budget too. Putting four umpires, you're flying them around. It's a fair bit of well, cash. Maybe, AFL's got a lot. Maybe but... the extra umpire just comes from the date that the game's in. Well, why but not? But still, you're stealing umpires from the BFL. I, I just, I just don't get it. 
I just don't get it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, it just makes no sense. I'm not going to argue no with you. Sense, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's uh, – I, I like Every the... year they come up, the AFL does something, and people just go, why? Mm. And they're doing it again. I'm all for trying it, like, and then put it in, see if it works, do it in the preseason. they're just going to do it. Yeah, I think just... it's one of these preseason things. Try it out. Don't just We've only got one game in the preseason next year because we've got the Festival of Footy in Adelaide. True, true. Makes no sense. I, I, I <laughs> does my head in the way they just keep changing things every year. Leave it for a couple of years. Don't mm. touch it. It's not broken. Mm. Yeah, and and some games already with three, it gets over umpired anyway. All right, and now uh, Marzi, we're going to chat to one of your good friends and my co-commentator when it comes to NBL Live. Rupert Sapwell is on the line. Thanks to Mate Five G Mobile Plans from forty dollars. 5G plans in every state or territory. Why wait? Switch to mate. Rupert Sapwell, welcome to Sports ASA. Gentlemen, it is great to be here. It's like a Saturday night dinner table, man. <laughs> we just haven't got the cards. <laughs> or the red wine. Let's <laughs> the wine. Sapper, <laughs> uh, before we talk about what's coming up for the 36ers, let's talk about last weekend. They had a really good win on Thursday over Melbourne United and uh, then a hard-fought loss to the Breakers in New Zealand on Sunday. Yeah, it was a good weekend. And, you know, normally when you Adelaide 36ers go one-on-one on weekend, you go, eh, you know, maybe not. But from where they were to where they are going to, massive, massive difference. And, you know, comment on the um, Melbourne United game first, something like, I don't know, eight games in a row that we hadn't won over there or something like that. So that's a long, dry spell. So, yeah, and they're going bad at the moment. I don't actually think Melbourne United are going to get out of that bottom three. I think it's, unless they get someone remarkable to, um, to come in, and I didn't see that in their new import. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're going to struggle, and we got over the line against what I think is going to be an average team. So maybe that's not as good as it used to be, but... Yeah, any victory over Melbourne United is a good one. And then to turn the tables like they did almost all the way, you know, to lose in the dying minutes after a couple of lucky bank shots. You know, imagine having a couple of lucky bank shots. But you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> I did think of you at the but, time. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like, but the, the, they got absolutely hosed by New Zealand at home earlier in the season. Lost by thirty or something, I think it was. And, and uh, to turn that table and to, to, to play significantly better uh, shows that we're training in the right direction. I thought, um, well, Melbourne, for starters, they need to recruit someone under 40. Uh, they've got the old Jurassic <laughs> team at the moment. They're not going anywhere, Sapper. But uh, I'm more interested in New Zealand because they did destroy us. We did turn around. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on the... I thought we got screwed in the last two minutes. We got up by two. There was an overturning of a call which went New Zealand's way by Mal Cooper on the sidelines. And I thought I thought that was terrible. I, I don't think he had any right to overturn that. That changed the whole momentum of the game. And then New Zealand hit a few lucky shots and were able to turn around. I thought if we'd got that call, gone down and we'd scored, then the result could have been very, very different. Yeah, look, that was a big call in hindsight, and it does. It is a momentum changer, and it did look like there was enough evidence to overturn it. I mean, well, even the biased uh, commentators in New Zealand were saying that should definitely upstand, but 
Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, you don't get that one back. But I, I just think you know sometimes you've got to make your own luck and you know turnovers at the wrong times or missed shots or slow closeouts. You know, like there's a lot of stuff that is in the, the Sixers' control still, and I thought they controlled the, that game significantly well. Uh, now New Zealand were coming back from a big road trip from Tassie as well, so like that they were. Um, I think it was Tassie. Anyway, and they were tired as well, so you didn't get the best of their defense either. Because I said on the on the commentary that they arrived in at something like three o'clock in the morning that morning, and then had to play an afternoon game. So, you know, rough old trip for the Breakers as well. But you know, Sixers had to travel, and yeah, you know, I thought they did a good job. You know, and is that call at the end of the game a costly one? Oh yes, but you know, I'm of the build that you make your own luck and there's a lot of other things in those close games that you could have taken care of and you know you miss a rotation you miss an offensive rebound you you foul when you shouldn't give some you know some free throws like that sort of stuff is still within the Sixers control and if you get caught on the on the referee stuff you're going to go crazy but Marzi you always get caught on the referee stuff because you're the golden boy and that's why I'm crazy <laughs> Sapper <laughs> Now, now Sapper, um, Robert Franks was on breakfast uh, this morning and he, he sort of said that the team was building. He felt that that everyone was getting a touch of the basketball, which was an interesting comment, I thought, and it's just what they needed. Is is Did you notice any major difference without Craig Randall the second in the team? Yeah, but uh, I also think it's just time to get a, on the practice you know, court because you can't blame... Randall for all of the Sixers' woes. They were massively underdone at the start of the season, and for a number of reasons, but um, they're starting to play a little bit better as a group, no question. The ball was moving. Uh, there's one less mouth to feed. Hiram Harris gets more time. Like His, his performance in that game was unreal, and uh, Kyron Galloway yeah, he was came excellent. in and blew the game up. Yeah, so, you know, those guys, well, yeah, I think particularly Hiram Harris, he didn't shoot the ball when he comes in. He just gets offensive rebounds, moves the ball. So sometimes it's about not necessarily the actual person, but it's the combination of scorers and hungry mouths that don't allow that ball to, to move. Now, yeah, it, it looked bad because Randall had the ball in his hand, but who put the ball in his hand? Mm. You know, like, that's they, they all did. So, you know, it's, it wasn't like he was running and... and you know, pushing them off uh, off the off the line so they could get it, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a yeah. He's uh, he, he's actually trying to um, you know do what the team was asking him, but I just think it was the wrong formula. So, you know, they've they've figured that out. They're well and truly on their way to sharing the ball. You could just see the the liveliness in the body language. Now, you know, Randall's going to be made the scapegoat for that, but I think that's unfair tag. I think it was just that they were underdone. And they looked like a team that was early in the preseason, and that's what a lot of teams look like when they haven't had enough practice time. I agree. I thought uh, up to this point, a lot of players were underperforming, and probably using yeah, that as a bit of a crutch. But what do you think on the timing of getting another import to come in, and what sort of import do you think they should be going for? Well, I said this as soon as they sacked Randall. Don't get one. They don't need one. Mm. They, they're, they're fine. Now, oh, you want to go and get another scoring? Uh, you know, point guard. No, you don't. You've got the boomers point guard as a starter on that team. Mitch McCarron is exactly what they need because he doesn't try and shoot it all the time. 
that means DJ gets more shots. It means Robert Franks gets get more shots. It means that Antonius Cleveland can, you know, take the odd one and still do his damage in the in the full court. Like they actually don't need more players. It means Sunday Detch gets more time. He's a good defender, but he was really struggling when they had that extra guard. So what do they need? They need to take a breath. You know, if things go wrong over the next five games, then sure do it. But right now they're not. They're actually trending in the right direction. You add another person in, you're gonna start that whole preseason process again. You people learning stuff, you know, like unless he's incredible, you just leave it alone. I don't you get into that same uh, if they're going along okay and then you bring another Randall in, does it does that then upset the chemistry is again? You gotta start all over? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely it does. Yeah. Clearly the players were upset with the chemistry to begin with. Why do you want another guy taking shots? Yeah. I can't imagine what player they would need that would, would make them significantly better. That doesn't shoot the ball. Well, we play uh, Perth. We we play Perth tomorrow night, Sapper. Um, they beat us here. It was kind of a coming out party for Brady Manick in that game. He went off uh, in that game and was his first. Well, it's probably his career-saving game. Otherwise, I think he would have been sent home. Uh, they've obviously got Bryce Cotton. I don't think they've been firing on all cylinders and only just got over the line against us. I think we're a good chance in that. What are your thoughts for that game against Perth? How do we get the win? Yeah, I think we are a good chance as well. Brady Maddox not sneaking up on anyone. Now, what I liked about Perth in that previous game was the structure that they had. So when the Sixers have to show on an on-ball screen involving Bryce Cotton, which they have to do, which means that you know, the, the big defensive player has to come up and meet Bryce Cotton as he's coming off that screen, it means that the, the screener is a role threat. And early in the game... In, in that last game against the Wildcats, the, the back line of the defense was rotating and Perth weren't uh, penalizing the Sixers for that rotation scheme. But when they figured it out, they put Brady Manick and uh, another shooter, I can't remember who it was, on the rotation side so they couldn't rotate. They couldn't leave those two guys. And then all of a sudden, um, late in the game, they were getting easy pick and rolls because there was no... No rotation on the help. So I, I reckon it might have been Webster. Okay. I reckon it was Webster and Manic yeah, that, that shot pretty well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So that it was just a good structural decision from John. Really, I thought that that um, that you know won that game. That meant that we kept rotating off Manic because you had to honour the roller. And what that happened then was that Manic made enough of those shots. So you know, will they? They'll have to come up with something different again, and it'll mean that. You know, Kai Soto and, and uh, DJ will probably have to come out away from the basket again because you just can't leave Bryce Cotton coming off high on ball screens with no defensive pressure. So uh, I, that's the thing that the Sixers are going to have to figure out. If they can figure that out, then then they'll win. But I thought structure-wise, it, it wasn't an easy fix for CJ Bruton to, to muck around with that. So I'm interested to see what they do. But, you know... I see the Perth Wildcats. They're not as the Perth Wildcats were four years ago. It's the same guys, but they're four years older. Mm. <laughs> and that's not good. And uh, So they're almost as old as the Melbourne United team. So I don't think that the Wildcats are as talented as they have been. They're older. They're not as dynamic defensively. And 
I will be saying this for decades to come, that Damien Martin was the key to that Wildcats. And I don't know what else he did, but it just made, he made everyone else better. So, you know, the, the end of the Wildcats era is the end of the Damien Martin era, and, it, and it's, it's obvious. All right, you can uh, catch that game tomorrow night also on SEN. Goss and Blahoff will be there. Uh, broadcasting that on SENWA. It might be on, our, on SENSA as well. I'm not 100% sure of that, but uh, might check that out later. Um, also, uh, uh, Sapper, we're not uh, broadcasting our next game until the Cairns game, which is Friday, December the 2nd, which means they have an eight-day break after this uh, game tomorrow night against the Wildcats. Is that come at a good time for the, for the uh, 36ers? No, I don't think it has. Uh, I think they're playing well. I'll be interested to see how they obviously Um, who's impressing you at the moment, Sapa? Sydney Kings sitting on top of the ladder on eight and two. New Zealand eight and three, dropping all the way down to Illawarra one and nine. And I don't know if you saw the game on the weekend between top and bottom teams, Sydney versus Illawarra. But Illawarra got done on the buzzer. Um, it was a fantastic finish to the game. So exciting. But Adelaide are sitting seventh, just outside the top six. And we know it's a top six are going through this year out of the ten teams. So we're a very good chance. Uh, what teams uh, are you really excited by at the moment? Well, I'm off Kings when Xavier Cook isn't there because they show that they're not much better than the bottom team when Xavier Cook isn't there. Now, credit to Illawarra, Tyler Harvey was unreal. Mm. <laughs> he, he was the Tyler Harvey that came out two or three years ago and was unstoppable. And, and you know, But I don't see that being a long-term fix for Illawarra. They're just under-talented and they're going to struggle all year, but no, no question, Tyler Harvey was ready to go and he was phenomenal, so that kept them engaged. And without Xavier Cook, the King, uh, not as good. He just, he just does everything. So when he's back, yeah, they're still the team to beat. And I don't hate them as much as Perth, but I almost hate them as much as Perth. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and, uh, and then, yeah, Tassie, I've always loved the way Tassie plays. People have been writing them off. I love the underdog stuff, and they, they sell it well, and they play tenacious defense, and, and New Zealand are the same as Tassie. So that was a real feisty game down in Tassie that last week, wasn't it? You know, like it, mm. it looked like it was going to boil over more than once, and uh, I just love the way that they play. They get right up and in underneath the offensive player's skin, and, and that's the recipe for success in this league. They've got to hit shots for sure, but Tassie almost beat New Zealand, and I'm pretty sure their import, name escapes me at the moment, wasn't playing that game. So, you know, they had, uh, you know, a couple of big names back, but uh, it was, you know, certainly great to see those guys back after long injuries. But, um, yeah, I like Tassie. They're probably my sentimental favourite at the moment. Sixers are well in the mix, but they've got to find uh, a level of 
defensive abrasiveness that's going to upset teams, and they haven't found that yet. There were glimpses of it in New Zealand where they were scrambling around, and again, I go back to Hiram Harris, but he makes them more de- more defensively versatile because he can show and double and switch on to different players. So um, I'd like to see Hiram get a bit more time if he's going to continue to play like that, uh, and Sixers will well and truly be in the mix of finals. Well, Sabah, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to joining you at uh, the Cairns game on Friday, the 2nd of December, live here on SENSA. Myself and Rupert Sapwell will be bringing you that game. And uh, let's hope the Sixers can roll over the Wildcats tomorrow and come back and then beat the Taipans in Adelaide. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Sabah. Rupert Sapwell there. Thanks to Tyre Power, brands you can trust like Maxxis Tyres. Big holiday sale on now. Marzi, uh, just about time for us to go. It's uh, been a, a packed show. So much going on today. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. It is. You, know, you think midweek and you, you go, oh, what could possibly be happening? But there is so much rolling on around the world with World Cups and uh, cricket, rugby, all the different sports. So, yeah, it's great. Good timing. Thanks, thanks for coming in again and uh, hopefully uh, we get you back soon. Uh, to be my co-host. It's been fantastic once again. Thanks for listening to Sports Day. Have a fantastic night on this Wednesday and we'll see you tomorrow. to Sports Day for Kia. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91